You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. The first Haas Tokoweka Kiwi chick of the 2022-23 season is hatched. The notoriously shy and tough birds live in the rainy and wet southwestland region. While the adult kiwi has a very long life expectancy, the Department of Conservation has two breeding programs for the chicks. I spoke to Doc Biodiversity Supervisor Paulina Stuckey about the Haas Tokoweka Kiwi and its breeding programs. Can you tell me a bit about the Haas Tokoweka Kiwi? Yeah, the uh, Haas Tokoweka, they're one of the um, five main kiwi species, so the Tokoweka species. They're, we have um, three subspecies from that one, so that's they're subdivided. So with the Tokoweka, the other two ones, they're the Rakiura or Stewart Island, and then we have the Fjordland Tokoweka, which is now divided into northern and southern. And we have um, our very own Haas Tokoweka kiwi. They, they live here in southwestland. And so we're kind of bordering Fieldland National Park, Mount Aspiring National Park. And um, these birds, they, it's quite interesting because they live in, you know, we have lowland coastal forest, which is swampy and boggy and dense. And then they spread out all throughout the forest up to the alpine in the scrub and snow. Um, so they're very sturdy, very, very hardy birds. Unlike the other Tokoyaka species, which the, you, you probably know, say the Rakioro, and they live in family groups, which is quite often why if you go tramping on Rakioro Stewart Island, you, you see them hanging around. Whereas um, Tokoyaka, they don't seem to spend so much time in large family groups. They pair up, then they'll have an egg or a chick, and quite often the chick will leave the nest um, quite young, maybe as early as 30 days old or even earlier sometimes. They're quite shy, uh, cryptic, so that makes our job a little bit harder because uh, they don't they don't like being seen or encountered. Uh, the way we monitor them is we attach little radio transmitters to their legs and find them and see what they're up to. They're a bit more aloof than traditional kiwis, I suppose you could say, and they only really pair off, so it must be quite hard tracking them down and putting radio transmitters on them. Yeah, yeah, they're a bit, a bit notorious for us, but which I think is actually quite good for them because you kind of prefer that they don't come out and hang out because uh, I guess that's better for them. So for us, whenever we're recruiting uh, or looking for birds for the population, you know, we would do that with night searches. So we would camp out for the night and we would play kiwi calls in pitch black and trying to find them. Sometimes uh, we get help from uh, specially trained conservation dogs, which we have very highly skilled dog handlers from the dog teams. And they can, with dogs, they can also manage to, the dog would sniff out and point, and then our rangers would attempt to find find the kiwi, but dogs are quite good at that. But they spend a lot of years in training. You mentioned that they're quite hardy birds. That's quite a good quality about them. What what makes them so tough and sturdy? By hardy, I mean mainly two things. I think one is it's just fascinating the conditions they live in because Southwestland, I don't know if anyone's been here or Fjordland, it rains, there's storms, uh, there's alpine conditions. It's it's a hard place to live. These birds, they, they manage it. And the other thing is that they're very long-lived, which is actually kind of key for the whole uh, management program, for the kiwi management program. All kiwi species are long-lived. Um, these, the hostel quaker, we think they can live up to about maybe 65 years. So this means that as long as we achieve, if we can protect the survival of the adults, then that means that, you know, that adult, the hostel for example, they start breeding at about age four. So, you know, you could 
if you manage to protect the adults and ensure that they survive, the main risk here is risk from predation. They will be able to have maybe, you know, um, 40 years of during which they could produce offspring and breed. So in a lot of programs we do, you know, we monitor the chicks and I guess this is the sort of thing here. They you know, the chicks are cute and fluffy and they get a lot of attention and it's always great to recruit more chicks. But in addition, it's quite important that we also ensure that the adults survive because they're so long-lived. Past talk, where good chicks do you normally get during breeding season? Uh, yeah, that's a bit of a tricky one. So in general... Uh, say last year, um, so we go. We have we have a breeding attempt, and then a hatch attempt, and then a survival attempt. Uh, so it's so several different numbers. But let's say last year, we have a rough number. So just we go with two numbers. One is the population that we monitor. Um, so for example, last year we were monitoring forty breeding pairs, forty adults. This year we have a few more. We have sixty-five. So from the last year, we had we kind of we have about. It's a bit of a silly number. It's 0.35 eggs per adult. <laughs> it's an average. So say last year we would have um, about 14 eggs that were laid and not all of those hatch. So say last year that would have been about nine, nine of them from the monitored population that would have hatched. And this year, say based on those predictions, we're expecting approximately 20 eggs and then approximately 14 chicks. And those are split I don't know, this is additional information because we run two programs. The main risk for um, the Hastok Quaker and all the other kiwi species is risk of predation uh, um, from introduced species. Otherwise, they wouldn't really have anything that would be predating on them. So here in South Westland, for us, this is rats and stoats. So stoats quite commonly take eggs and chicks. They can attack an adult, but that's not. Too common. The predators that attack adults um, are ferrets and dogs, which is more of a problem in the North Island. We are a bit more fortunate that, or more remote, that here in South Westland, our main problems are rats and stoats. So usually, if a chick manages to get to over about a kilo or 1,200 grams, it's considered that a stoat wouldn't attack them. They could, they might, but in general, it's considered that that chick is relatively safe. Because of that, we have two programs that we run at the sanctuary and a lot of the other um, Kiwi management programs, they run the same sort of thing. So we have a in-situ program, which means that we leave everything in place. So the chicks, we find the nests for the adults and then there's an egg and we monitor the timing of that egg and we go in when the chick hatches and we attach a teeny tiny little transmitter on the chick's leg and then we go in every two weeks to see how they're doing and if they're still alive. So this is the in-situ program where we don't move the birds, they stay in their own territory. This program achieves about, even though you know we have active and very quite large extensive predator control, about 32% of the chicks survive, which translates to about 2.5% growth of the population per year. So in addition to this, we also have, there's a, national program. It's called Operation Nest Egg. And this program, so this is run not just for the Hasto Quaker, it's for the other um, kiwi species as well. So we identify birds that are either genetically important and we want to preserve that those genetic specifics for the species, or birds that are outside of our main sanctuary or the main areas where we do have predator control. Because 
birds that are in areas where there is no predator control, only about up to 6% of those chicks will survive, which is not enough to maintain um, a stable population. So those birds we go in, uh, usually for us, they're in very, very remote places. We would have to fly in with a helicopter and locate a nest and an egg, and then that egg gets um, taken to our incubation facilities partners for us with the Hasta Quaker and the Roi Kiwi. So the eggs go all the way to Willowback, where our lovely partners incubate those eggs and they hatch them. And after about a month, those chicks go to what we call crash sites, which can be either on the mainland or on islands where it's very stringently monitored predator control safe places for the little birds safely grow to about a kilo or 1,200 grams where they can come back to the sanctuary and rejoin the population. And from those birds, the ones in the Operation Estig, about 67% of them survive, which adds to about 7% growth uh, for the population. So cumulatively, if you add the in-situ program and the Operation Estig, you have about 3.2% growth, which means, like, let's say if we have 500 birds, 500 has to quicker. That would translate, say, to recruiting 16 new birds per year. And because those birds are long-lived, with given our models, it's considered that this would contribute to a stable, well, not just stable, uh, but a growing population. And the national target is 2% growth. So we're a bit happy that we're, for now, achieving a sort of 3, 3.2% growth. You mentioned before that the numbers were about 200 when you first started, and now they're around 550. Is that is that correct? The Hasta Quaker Sanctuary was established in 2001 and with an estimated population between two and 300. We always, biology, ecology, you can only produce um, species models. We estimate them because we can't physically go and find every bird. <laughs> and before that, um, you know, the population was been monitored. And today, yeah, our estimate, again, is around 550 birds. That was Paulina Stuckey talking about breeding programs of the Haast Tokoweka Kiwis. That was a 95BFM podcast. To hear more, head to 95BFM.com slash bcasts.